Andy Cohen kept bringing up my name on Watch What Happens Live, like with Teresa. I think it's time to end that war. And, you know, he would say little things like bringing me up. And I heard her in a few different things where she was saying, like, you know, she would talk to me or I knew it was there, but I didn't want to reach out because I didn't want to get back into that world. Like I was, I'm good here, whatever. You know, I didn't know how she truly felt because sometimes she'll say one thing I didn't know, you know? And then one morning I like woke up to a text from her saying she was going to be in Vegas and that she wanted to meet me for a cup of coffee. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. Once a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Yes! Welcome back to season two of Reality with the King. Listen, I missed y'all. I know y'all missed me because y'all were harassing me on the Twitter, the Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube chat. (laughs) But it goes to show you that I just miss y'all so much and it goes to show me that y'all miss me too. I love talking to you guys. I love doing this podcast. We are reunited and baby... It feels oh so good. This season, we are going to be more shady. (laughs) Y'all know I'm not shady. Wink, wink. No, but this season, we are going to be bigger and better than ever. We are going to talk about some other reality shows, too, that I can't wait to introduce you all to. My opinion, that is. And we are going to have way more exclusive interviews than ever. One of the things we are going to do differently this season is we are going to start off giving you guys episodes once a week. Why, you ask? Because I want you all to marinate on exactly what I'm talking about. These interviews that I'm doing are so special. And I feel like last season, child, I would drop an interview. Y'all would love it. And then tell a friend, then phone a friend, word of mouth. And then the next thing you know, y'all have all these other interviews, interfere with it, and child, it was a big old mess. So we are going to be much more streamlined this year. Look, it may be once a week I'll give y'all something, or if we have some exclusive breaking news, I may give y'all an episode twice a week. But nevertheless, I'm back, baby. And guess what? I ain't going nowhere. I'm also going to do a new segment called Hot Topics, baby. Yes! Hot Topics is going to be my take where I'm going to give y'all some exclusive tea on what's happening in reality TV. So oftentimes, you may get two recaps in one episode. You may get a recap in addition to an interview. So although you may get episodes once a week, I'm still going to feed y'all with a lot more, child. All right, let's get right into it, y'all. The Real Housewives of Potomac Part 1 reunion. This reunion belonged to Candace. This was Candace's reunion. And this is the reason why I was so adamant that Candace should have first seat. This first part proved that Candace and Karen 
should have switched seats. So since we're on the topic of seating chart, I thought it was very interesting that for the first time in Real Housewives history, they broke the fourth wall and actually discussed the reunion seating assignment. I've said to y'all before that the seating assignment is organized by the producers. And like Andy said tonight, yes, he does have a voice in it. I think this seating assignment may be worse than last reunions of Atlanta seating assignment. Like, this one made absolutely no sense. And then the rationale of, well, you know, sometimes when people are getting along, you know, we don't want them sitting next to each other. Well, if that's the case, then why was Sonya Richards, Ross, and Drew sitting next to each other last Atlanta reunion? The only thing I will say is, Candace proved tonight why she deserved first seat. And I'm going to leave it at that. Now, what I didn't love is Ashley making all these excuses about Michael Darby. Michael Darby played you, sis, but that ain't nothing but a good old karma. You have single-handedly messed it up for every woman who marries a man for his money. Let's just call it what it is. You had to slob on that Purdue chicken, a la Michael Darby, all these years just to walk away with having to share a key? Ashley, while you were sitting around meddling in everyone's business, Michael was at Chase Bank, Wells Fargo, Vanguard, getting all of this information that he needed to make sure that his bag was secured. You have resulted in the embarrassment of your husband, allegedly. Photos of him in a hotel, honey, with his boxer briefs, allegedly grabbing people's butts. You suffer through all that embarrassment just to be doubled embarrassed by looking inside your savings account and seeing the 0.01% interest rate that you incurred over the years of being next to Purdue Chicken. Candace got you. When she brought up generational wealth, she gave a good old Vanessa Huxtable sermon, baby. In the end, it goes to show you that Candace won. Not only did you lose the round in your relationship, you lost the round at the reunion because Candace got you real good. And you had nothing to say after it. We now have to talk about the other portion of the reunion, which is Mia. Mia, watching you tonight reminded me of The Apprentice, where you're in the boardroom fighting for your life in front of Donald Trump, where you have to explain something and the math wasn't mathing. And Mia allege that there's eight board members, a part of the company where she's the CEO. And allegedly, some members of this board who allegedly may be Gordon's brothers, they pretty much iced her out of the account and she now has no income. All jokes aside, it's a very sad situation. Normally, when you're the CEO and you own majority of the company, there's a clause in your operating agreement, because Mia's right about that, in the operating agreement where you pretty much got final say. The problem is they took away Mia's money and pretty much kicked her out of the company that she's the CEO of. One thing about Mia, she was right in the sense of when you're the CEO of the company, oftentimes you get paid a salary as an employee. I do not believe Mia was lying. I think the business agreement was so complicated that Mia was just trying to find the words in that environment to explain herself. So I don't think she was lying in general. 
I do believe that she just got caught up in the moment, the lights, the camera, the action, the heat. But I do strongly believe that Mia, unfortunately, is in a very dire situation. I feel bad for her because she's not the first and she won't be the last in terms of somebody that got handed a bad situation because sometimes you trust people to handle the books and they could be doing something shady behind the scenes. And I do think it's a telltale sign that all of us included, we got to stop living outside of our means. You don't need to be keeping up with nobody. It's okay to say, until I get back on my foot, I'm going to buy a house that may cost, I don't know, $200,000 for me, my husband, my three kids. You don't have to live fancy. Ashley can't even afford her own penthouse, allegedly. That's why Michael Darby has the keys to it. What else happened this reunion? Listen, Giselle is alleging that there was some embezzlement going on. Candace versus Giselle. If you want to hear a full recap of my Real Housewives of Potomac reunion part one, head over to my YouTube page at King underscore. Stay tuned. When we get back from break, we are joined by my special guest, Jacqueline Larita, the OG from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into the show. This woman is my love. She's my friend. We have so many great memories to share with you all today. She is so iconic. She is the most requested Jersey housewife that they want to come back to the show. Of course, I'm talking about Ethel to Lucy. We're talking about Jacqueline Larita. Thank you, Carlos. I love you. I miss you. I miss you more. You were the one producer that could pull anything out of me. I was like, I am not saying anything in my interview. I'm not going to. And then by the time I was done with you, I'm like saying everything. (laughs) I'm like, how does he do that? He's like, magical. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. But no, you were, listen, Jacqueline was so fun to work with. Jacqueline, let's talk about the early days of Jersey when it was just so fun. Yeah, it was so fun. I'm like, oh, they're just going to follow our lives. It's like, you know, I was going in with friends and family. You know, Danielle was new. We just met her before filming. I don't know. We just had so much fun even off camera, like on camera and off camera. It was like so much fun. Like everybody would stay out after we were done filming and we would just talk and eat and have a good time. Jacqueline would cook for the crew. And, (laughs) you know, listen, it's a big Italian family. So they love to cook. And after we were wrapped for the day, they would say like, guys, we made extra food for you. Just stay here, have a glass of wine. It was a family. And Jacqueline was always like, Carlos, this is so funny. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm kind of famous. This is weird. I didn't sign up for this. When did you realize Real Housewives in New Jersey was a big hit? Well, it was after the table flip, obviously, when it started getting all this attention. I was like, no one's going to watch this show. Like, I didn't even really watch reality TV. I didn't know it was that big of a thing. Like, I didn't really get the whole process, like where this was going, who was watching it. And then after the table flip, I started seeing it like pop up everywhere. And then we were out in the city. I think we were doing press or something. And people were running up to us crying and like hugging us. And I'm like, are they talking to me? Like, (laughs) who do they think I am? Like, (laughs) it was the weirdest feeling just having people recognize you and talk to you. Like, and and I love meeting people, you know, I talk to like 
strangers. I talked to everybody. Like, I love it. And I just had no idea that it was going to be that, you know, and it just came really fast and just people recognizing and reaching out. And I don't know, it was, it was really, it was very surreal. Like I have a lot of social anxiety and I'm great with people one-on-one, but around like a bunch of people or people looking at me, like if I was in front of a stage or a crowd, I can't do that. So for me, I was, I'm, it was very uncomfortable for me having to do interviews. And when we would go on these talk shows and stuff, I get like anxiety before those things that would break out in hives. Like. <laughs> She's not lying. Even when we had to do our interviews, she was always like, uh, Carla, this is the worst part of the experience. Like me sitting in a chair, talking to you, like we can talk off camera, but yeah. talking to the camera You were always like, that part was always worse. So no, she's telling the truth about that. Talk to us, Jacqueline, before we get into your iconic history on the show. How did you even get cast to be on The Real Housewives of New Jersey? I guess um, two of the producers from Sirens were going around, you know, our neighborhood. And they went to our local salon and they were asking the owners of the salon, like, do you know a group of women around here? They're like friendly with each other that have a little, you know, a little affluence and that would make good TV or I I don't even know. They were asking the owners of the salon and I guess they gave them my name and Dina's name. And they called me at the time. They said it was called Jersey moms. It was kind of, yes, we didn't know like what that really was about. And I remember I was on a trip to California and I was talking to Lucilla from sirens at the time. Yeah. And then I came back, we did an interview and then they called and said that we got it. I guess they liked me. No, listen, you're so genuine. And the reason why I believe the show was a hit is because I think the earlier days of Real Housewives was rooted in reality. Yes. It was so real. I think nowadays people are playing to camera. Yes. Right, Jacqueline? They want to have a moment. And it's not where it used to be. Like, obviously, your sister-in-law was Dina and Caroline. Your friend was Teresa. Your friend was Danielle. And when you look back on the show, it's not what it represents anymore to me. I believe... So what happened was we came on being ourselves. This is like real drama we got ourselves into. Everything was authentically, you know, happening and whatever. We didn't know what was going on. Then it aired and it blows up. But I feel like anybody new coming to the show, they're coming knowing kind of the show has drama. So they're like, I'm coming to bring it. I'm going to do it. Like everyone wants to have that moment on camera instead of being authentically in the moment and reacting how they would naturally react. Everybody's like hyping everything up. It feels like that to me. And they're like playing to the camera a lot more. I feel like a lot of even storylines are more fabricated and it's not as authentic as it used to be. And that's when I thought it was good when it was family and heart and relatable to people. Now it's like, let me get in there and show myself, you know, like people just wanting to be famous or, you know, I don't know. It has a different vibe for sure. Yeah, no. And I will say this, when it comes to the five original Housewives of Jersey, you all were just being yourselves. Jacqueline and Teresa was like, we're just here to have fun. We think it's funny. We're yeah. just like, you know, like, listen, we're real housewives. We have all these kids. We we take care of our children. Jacqueline and Teresa used to stay on the phone from 6 a.m. until we were filming. And then they would, look, I would get so mad at Jacqueline, guys. That's Jacqueline... <laughs> Jacqueline will leave the scene, call Teresa, and tell Teresa everything. And I'm like, Jacqueline, wait until we start. How do you not tell your friend? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You don't think the girls do that? 
each other a heads up. And I know we weren't allowed to do that, but it was like, you have to give a little heads up to know what's going on, you know? Well, you look back at the earlier season. I mean, listen, obviously it was a lot of fun moments and it was a lot of deep stuff because it was family. Yeah. One of the biggest moments that people still talk about, like you said, is the table flip. Mm-hmm. But it's also dealing with the fact that you were caught in the middle between your friendship with Danielle and your sister-in-laws. Can you talk to us about that moment? Because one thing I shared was the fact that we knew Danielle was going to bring the book. I hit under the table. I didn't know that, Carlos. <laughs> How did you get under the table? Is that true you were under the table? I left Video Village, where the producers were. I crawled. Oh, my God. That was a long table. It was a long table. And listen, I'm like five foot ten. <laughs> and I'm like crawling. And it was so funny to sort of reveal that the tension was so thick in that room. Oh my God. Talk to us about that and how you just had to blurt out like, oh, my God, I got to just be honest here. And I think that was the moment we all realized Jacqueline and Teresa are the same in the sense of they can't fake it. No. And and it's funny, too, because I was talking about a whole different thing than what the viewers were talking about, because on the show, they thought the whole coming out of the book was at Chateau is where it first came out. And that's where and I, I wasn't a part of that. Like, I wasn't there for that. I was told by people that worked there that they were both showing the book there. But I did not. I couldn't speak to that because that's not where the book came out. For us. So I think I was just frustrated because, you know, when the book brought out, I don't want to like bring up bad feelings because like I'm in a good place yes. with my family, you know. <laughs> but um, but when the book came out, like everyone was curious about it. And when it was in one's hands, you know, people were talking about it. So for me, I was frustrated because when everybody was owning up to the fact that they knew about the book, like for me, everyone got afraid to tell Danielle that they saw the book. I'm like, I don't care. I'll tell her. Like, I want I want answers, you know? Like, I'll talk to her. I don't care. And I think I got mad in the moment because I was trying to stay out of it. But then when, I think it was when Dina said the book never touched her hands, that's when I was like, what is she talking about? Like, everyone touched it and everyone was talking about it. And it was like this big thing, you know? So I was like, no, no, no. Like, in the moment, I was like, your hands aren't clean either. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? So I was talking about the moment moment that when the book came out and every, everybody was freaking out and calling the producers, like, why, who are we on the show with this crazy person? You know, like what's happening. So that's what I was speaking to. I wasn't speaking to Chateau and the book there. And I think a lot of people got those two moments confused. I don't know who was showing the book in the salon, you know, like we heard they both were Caroline said it was her, Dina didn't, you know, I was referring to Come on. Like, you're the one that told us about it. You're the one, you know, that's what I was speaking to. And that's where I kind of got upset. You know, I sat down with Danielle and talked to her about it. I wanted to know about it. You know, I was the only one that sat down with her and had the balls to say it to her face, you know, that talked to her about it and find out what's true and what's not true and, and everything else. So that was really hard. It put like a big, you know, obviously a big wedge in the family, which really sucked. I'm a very big truth teller and I get frustrated when people aren't telling the truth. No, you are a truth teller. And that's the reason why a lot of fans resonated with you, because they knew that if Jacqueline said it, then there's truth to it. Obviously, Dina exited the show the next season. And then Caroline obviously left the show a few seasons after that. And so did you. What is your current relationship like with Dina and Caroline? Is there a relationship there? The last time I talked to Dina really was when her father passed away. We haven't, we used to be super close. Like we used to go on vacations together. We used to be super close. 
the show and everything that happened, like, you know, we were feuding and we didn't speak. When her father passed away, really before that, a few times when, when you know, that happened to her with um, the breaking at her house and everything, I spoke to her a couple of times and I'm always open and willing to forgive people and be, you know, friendly with people. I think she had a harder time with like letting go of the past. So she kind of keeps a, like her safe distance, I would say, but like, we don't talk we don't hang out. We don't do anything. My husband has talked to her a few times. My husband is, you know, when he's been in California, he's had dinner with her. She's been out to Vegas before and he's met with her here. Um, but I haven't really hung out with her yet. I mean, who knows? I'm moving to the OC. So maybe. Uh... <laughs> Wait, you're moving to the OC? In June. Exclusive. <laughs> well, Jacqueline, we want you on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Would you go on the OC Housewives? No. I, I, at this point in my life, I think I'm done with that. Like that is like such stress in my life. I know it was just so stressful. Do you have anything fun to do? <laughs> Jacqueline, I belong to work with you again. You know, during the time of filming, so much was happening, you know, like, and it was hard, like dealing with the issues I had with Ashley. And then there's Nicholas was, you know, regressing as we were filming and then he finally got diagnosed. And I mean, that is a lot to deal with more than I let on even because I didn't want to keep bringing attention to that. And that was very hard, like privately to deal with. And then you had that, the friendship fallout, the fighting. It was a lot for me. It was a lot. Are you and Caroline on speaking terms? Yes, I actually, I actually just reached out to her with the whole, um, so Caroline's not a phone person. We don't get on the phone and sit there and talk for hours, you know, like we'll text here and there. She's not a phone person at all. No. So it, it's, you know, Caroline's the type of person you have to be there in front of her. It's different, but I, I have no ill feelings towards like anyone in my family. So <laughs> yes, I reached out to her when stuff happened with Brandy. I know there's a lot she can't talk about right now. How is she doing after that Brandy Glanville situation? I mean, not well. It was very traumatizing. You know, she couldn't really talk to me about a lot of it, so I didn't push it too much. You know, I just wanted to know if she was okay. Because originally it came out, like, I thought she, like, beat her up or something happened. I'm like, what the hell happened, you know? I think it's been hard for her. I don't have all the details still. I just, you know, I hear stuff in the press and I hear, you know, but I don't really know. But anytime anybody's, like, you know... It's not good. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And we love you, Carolina. We're praying for you. And, um, you know, you have a family over here, too. So I just wanted to say that, that we love you. And yeah, look, we don't have all the details. Like you said, everything is alleged. But at the end of the day, we are praying for Caroline to heal after that situation. Definitely. It's like she went through her her traumatic event. Dina went through her traumatic event. And it's just it's yeah, it's not good. What is good, though, is. Teresa and Jacqueline broke the internet <laughs> with this five-hour lunch in Vegas. So let me tell you guys, I have been talking to Jacqueline for months about coming on the podcast. And Jacqueline said, I'm going to do it. The time has to be right. I texted Jacqueline last week and she said, I may be having dinner with an old friend. <laughs> and I said... So I'll let you know after that. And I said, okay. And listen, because me and Jacqueline are friends and we know each other, I didn't ask who. I kind of figured who it was. My response was, yes. I know, because it's funny, because I kept seeing, like, Andy Cohn kept bringing up my name on Watch What Happens Live, like, with Teresa. I think it's time to end that war. And, 
you know, he would say little things like bringing me up. And I heard her in a few different things where she was saying like, you know, she would talk to me or I knew it was there, but I didn't want to reach out because I didn't want to get back into that world. Like I was, I'm good here, whatever. You know, I didn't know how she truly felt because sometimes she'll say one thing I didn't know, you know? And then one morning I like woke up to a text from her saying she was going to be in Vegas and that she wanted to meet me for a cup of coffee. (laughs) And then she's like, you can bring Chris. I'm going to have Louie. And I was just like, I like sat up and I like had to look at it again. I'm like, what is this? I was in such shock. And I showed Chris, I'm like, uh, Teresa wants to meet for coffee. What do you think? Like, I was just like, I didn't know what, you know, and Chris is like, you should sit down. It's been a long time. I think you should sit down and talk to her, just hear hear her out, see what she has to say. And so we agreed to meet with her. We were going to meet for breakfast, but then we ended up meeting for lunch instead the day before. And I was, I was like excited to see her. And it was just weird when I saw her and you know how we fight, like we're two Tauruses. We go head to head. It's like collision, you know? Um, But we saw each other. We literally almost like, it was almost like running towards each other to hug each other. And she sat down next to me. Louis sat across from Chris. We were at Cipriani's at the Wynn in, in Las Vegas. And we just started like talking like no time had passed. And we didn't even really address the old issues. We were just like catching each other up on everything. They were telling me about, um, you know, she has a stepson now, um, Nicholas, who also has autism, you know, and his name is Nicholas. So we were talking a lot about that and how that came about and, you know, some of their stories and we were exchanging stories and just really catching up. I know everyone was like, oh, they're meeting to, you know, do something with Melissa. And I was kind of waiting to see if there was like another motive to it, you know, but there wasn't. She was very genuine and just so sweet. We both kind of just said, you know, during the time of the show, we were both going through things in our lives that was very stressful. Um, We had a lot of pressure being on the show, not only from producers, but people in our ears, you know, from people on the cast or outside influences and stuff. So when you have a lot of people in your ears and you're under a lot of stress and your things are happening on the show, you don't really know who to trust anyway. It's very hard to make up and maintain a friendship on a show like that because, you know, it's kind of about coming out with things. You could be thinking something in your head, and this was very hard for me in the first interviews, but you don't say it out loud because it hurts somebody's feelings, right? (laughs) But you learn on the show after a while that the audience doesn't know what you're thinking. So you've got to say whatever it is you're thinking to put it out there. So the audience knows what you're thinking because you are on a show. I think more things are brought to the surface than need to be when you're on a reality show. And especially what people don't understand too, is that there's a lot of things going on in the press and the media. It has to be talked about on camera because you can't have all this going on out here and then it not discussed on the show. So like when you're being told, listen, everybody on the show is talking about this and this and this, you have to talk about it too. It causes a lot of problems. So now that we're, I'm away from the show, I'm away. We're we're both in really good places in our lives. We're both really, you know, happy in our lives where they are right now and everything. I think that makes it easier when you're away from the drama, you're away from the toxic energy of the show that now we can actually, because we were friends before the show, we're able to be friends again after the show and just ignore, basically just forget the time on the show because it's hard to maintain a friendship when you're on the show because something else is going to come around that's going to cause a problem, you know, somewhere. (laughs) The elephant in the room is the fact that Teresa was dealing with a lot of legal stuff. Teresa was on the cover of those tabloids every week. And 
at that time, I wasn't producing the show, but I get it as a producer. If it's in the press, you have to talk about it. And the one thing that I remember watching the show was Teresa didn't want to address anything because I think some embarrassment was happening. You were obviously like, I'm your friend, but I'm also doing my job. It was weird. And that's why I appreciate the fact that in this five-hour lunch, you don't have to address anything in the past because it's the past. And what I tell people about Teresa is when I spoke to her recently, she's the same woman. She's so funny. And the fact that we saw Lucy and Ethel get back together, it made everyone happy because it goes to show you that the issues you and Teresa had, honestly, Jacqueline, as a viewer at that time watching it, I'm like, it's not that serious. Yeah. You know, we, we said hurtful things to each other about each other. Honestly, like I haven't seen the Housewives of New Jersey in years. I watched the reunions because it kind of tells me the whole story. And I've caught like a few key episodes that someone's like, oh, you have to see, you know, this or whatever. But like on the reunions, she was very different. Like the person I saw on the reunion in person, she was much more humbled, very sweet, very like her demeanor was very different and just she reminded me of the old Teresa. I was like very happy to see her. And it's just like, we picked up like no time had passed and just laughing, talking, catching up with the girls. Gabriella called while I was on the phone with her. Oh, So I got to see her. And so it was just really nice. And I had heard things about Louie, but I didn't know anything about him. You know, I just had heard things from other people. I met him. I loved him. I thought he was the nicest person. You could tell he was very caring and upbeat and positive. And he was like, you know, Teresa has been wanting to reach out to you for a long time. And, you know, I'm glad that she did it. So that made me happy. I'm like, she wanted to, but I think she knows me like anybody who extends an olive branch that was meaningful in my life before with Teresa. We have a history before the show and her, I was just very open to it. It was like her fifth time making up, but I think this time is for good. I'm going to tell you why it's different. I reconnected with Teresa, who was so apologetic. She was like, I didn't invite you to my wedding. I'm so sorry. I said, Teresa, <laughs> our friendship is not predicated on an invite to your wedding. We picked up where we left off. What you said, the Teresa who we talked to, Jacqueline, mm-hmm. that's not the person that's on the show. And when I say that, I'm going to say this. Because she's on the show with her brother and her sister-in-law and with people who are dealing with dramatic things, Teresa has to have her guard up mm-hmm. because she doesn't know. And you know this being on the yeah, show. Yeah, you're she like looking know. over your shoulder, like who's bringing yes. up what, who's going to say what, who's... Yes, and I'm glad you said that. The fact that Teresa humbly reached out to you, the Teresa who you see on the show, you, you would think she'd be like, no, bitch, I, you need to reach out to me. It's bitch better, you know, like all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but she's, she's so sweet. And what one thing I will say to the audience, and I'm glad you can echo this, is... She literally is the same person. Obviously, I met her um, 2008 doing the show, but you knew her before that. That's who she is. And I think, again, her brother-in-law and Melissa just makes it hard for her. A lot of people wanted to know, because, you know, listen, I share that based on my conversation with Teresa that she called me to let me know she just found out Melissa was joining the show. So I didn't know that she was also trying to contact you. I knew that afterwards that she was like reaching out to Danielle, telling her stuff I found out later, but I didn't know she was reaching out to producers trying to get on the show. But the way I saw that she got on the show, and then I'll tell you Teresa's reaction and all that. I thought, because when we would film, because Teresa always invited them to like the baby shower, the christening, her housewarming party, they were there during filming. But Teresa always used to say while we were mic'd, don't 
talk to Melissa. She just wants her face on camera. Like <laughs> she knew what Melissa was about. So she didn't want her to be noticed and on camera. So guess what? As Teresa's friend, I didn't talk to Melissa because I knew that Teresa didn't want me to. So I didn't have anything to do with her because of that. But she's saying that in her microphone. I'm thinking the producers are hearing this and she's like, who doesn't she want filmed? Who's Melissa? Who is she? You know, and then she's on Facebook and you guys always look for who's friends with who related to who they see them fighting on Facebook over the sprinkle cookies or something. And I think that drew their attention even more. The producers, I, actually a produce, another producer told me this. They were looking at that. Like she doesn't want to be around them. They're fighting on social media. She was feeding Danielle with stuff, information. And I remember Melissa was scared about that at one point. She didn't want Danielle to come out with like what she had said to her. And she didn't tell me what she said to her, but I can imagine what it all was. Then with her, I guess, talking to you, trying to get on the show and everything, that's what kind of got them on the show. It was about a week before filming when she found out, I think, yes. because I, I remember the christening was going to be the first scene that they filmed. So Teresa was like, I'm not doing the show. Like, I'm not filming with them. I'm not going to do it. She was so against it. And I said, Teresa, why don't you just call your brother, make up with them before you start filming and come to an agreement that you're not going to fight on camera that you're just going to put the shit behind you. You know, if they, if they're going to be on the show, get to a good place with them before filming. But Teresa was like, fuck that. I'm not talking. <laughs> you know, she was so mad. She would not talk to them. And I'm like, I really think you should talk to them before filming. Nope, nope, nope. The night before the christening, she still hadn't signed her contract. Cause I think we had like renewed our contracts. Yes. We're getting more money or whatever. She hadn't signed the night before. And I was like, Teresa, I said, are you seriously going to go to this christening tomorrow while they're mic'd up and have the cameras all around them filming on the show that you put on the map, you know, and you're just going to hand it over to them and you're going to watch them from across the room, watch them filming. Then you called her. She hung up yes. with me because you were calling her. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yes, fill it, Jacqueline. Yeah, and then I guess you talked her into it. I don't know how you did it because... I did. I, I said to Teresa, so Jacqueline's right. I called her back because Teresa called me and she said, I'm not filming. I said, "Look, listen here, Teresa. This is your show. Mm -hmm. You're not going to let anyone run you off your show. Exactly. Sign the contract and go to work tomorrow. And mind you, I'm not a producer on the show anymore. But because I love you ladies, I said, go to work tomorrow. And she said, okay, fine. So what happened was, instead of talking to him before she started filming and resolving it, she kind of thought, I'm just going to act like nothing's wrong on camera. And she like went over to put her arms around like, hey guys, what's going on guys? You know, like <laughs> she was... <laughs> and then they were like, now you're being nice to us. Like they called her out on camera. She was going to just try to pretend like nothing was wrong, you know, but if they wanted to come on the show and be peaceful, why do that? Like I talked to them about it and they were so adamant about not, they weren't going to try to hurt her and you know, that kind of thing, but they're really good at playing the, like they had a lot of stories about how Teresa treated them and like a lot, a lot of things. I think that they were just very, I think they were upset that they weren't included on her show when she was on the show. And so now they're like, all right, we're going to, you know, we're going to get on our own way kind of thing. Yeah. And do you feel like that was the same for Kathy and, and Rosie too? No, Ka Kathy wasn't after Teresa. Like, no, I think Kathy just like someone had approached her about being on the show, I guess, through Melissa, the 
Facebook or whatever, had reached out to her. And she didn't say anything at first to Teresa because she didn't even know if they were going to pick her and she didn't want to go through the whole interviewing process and then not get on it and then have to be like, yeah, so they didn't pick me for your show, you know, (laughs) kind of thing. So she was waiting to see if she got it first before she decided for sure if she was going to do it or not. And she was going to tell Teresa, but then she had gone away first. They were trying to decide, okay, are we really doing this? And then when she got back, Teresa had already found out. And then it was like a whole thing. But like, I think she was going to tell her. And I don't think Kathy's plan was to like get it. I don't think she felt the same way about Teresa that like Melissa and Joe did. Agreed. No, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Do you have any regrets on the show? I mean, do I think I always handled myself well? No. You know how it is. Like a lot of the scenes are cut out too. And you're not seeing the whole picture that like what got me to certain places weren't shown. So that was annoying. I, I can't say that I regret it just because I, I always feel like in life, things happen for a reason. You learn lessons. You, I don't know, things happen to move you forward and grow from. And I loved you on the show because you were always yourself. In my vantage point, producing the first two seasons and then watching the rest of the seasons, I don't see any regrets based on you because you always did what you wanted to do and you were always authentically you. You never wavered from like, Carlos, this is my truth and I'm only going to do what I feel is right, whether it gets me in trouble with the family or my friendships. I used to get calls from the producers, the higher ups, like, because I wouldn't do something or like whatever and I would get in trouble. And you did not even show up to a reunion. Yeah, I didn't show up to the reunion. Because you know what? I thought I quit at that point. I don't know if people realize, but like we wrapped season four finale the night before season three reunion. And we were not in a good place. I had already shut down off of filming. I didn't know that my contract still had me on there another year. So I had to come back the next season. But <laughs> but I I really felt like I couldn't take any more. That was at the height of Nick's regression. He was not diagnosed yet. He was about to be diagnosed. I was fighting with Tariq. It was just so much negativity and the whole stripper gate thing that like disgusted me that that was like the whole thing. And like, I had heard they were bringing in, Danielle was going to be there. Kim G was going to be there. I'm texting Caroline going, oh, you're the target tonight. Kim G's on her way. You know, <laughs> like, cause I, we were all trying to figure out who the target was. Cause you know, the finale, someone's always the target and we wanted to know who the target was. So like, anytime I would hear something, I'd be like, it's you. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to figure it out. I couldn't go to the season three reunion to pretend like I'm great with Teresa, you know, because they didn't break that fourth wall then. Well, they kind of did at that reunion. Well, they had to because you were, you're such a big part of the show that they had to explain it somewhat. I like seriously had the biggest breakdown. I was like my life, like at the time I'm like with Nick fighting the pressures of the show, how ugly the show gets. I just didn't want any part of it. I was like screaming at the producers. Oh, you guys. <laughs> it's like so bad. <laughs> I was, like, not in a good place. I cried. Like, it was terrible. Yeah, and and look, you're in a great place now. How is Ashley doing? Ashley's good. Um, She's got, you know, my grandson, Cameron, who's now six, and he's, like, the cutest thing. Like, I love FaceTiming with him. It just sucks that he's not here all the time for me to, you know, but I spoil him from afar. And she's a good mommy with him. And, um, you know, she's just, she lives in New Jersey and I live here. When was the last time you spoke to Danielle? Season two reunion. (gasps) Really? Yeah. 
Because remember, she like hugged me and she's like, yes. well, then we had gone to do press and someone from the press outlet told me she was trying to give them or tell them stories about me. And they were like, yeah, she's trying to give us these stories about you that blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what? I thought we made a truce. Like, why is she doing that? One of her friends or fans or whatever turned on her, started sending me all their private DMs where she was telling that girl to attack me on social media and put this out. And I was just like, what is she doing? Like, why is she doing that? And then she was telling lies about my daughter to people, things that weren't even true. And so I was like, how can she just make this kind of stuff up about people? That to me is a dangerous person. And I was just like, I'm not having anything to do with her. Are you open to a five-hour lunch with Danielle? No, because I wasn't friends with her before the show. Yeah, no, she, too many dangerous lies and things. It, to me, it's just, I would rather keep my distance. Would you ever do Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip? Um, Everybody asked me this. The thing is, could I handle two weeks on a girls trip? Yes, I could handle it. I could have fun. Even if I fought for two weeks, it's two weeks of my life, I could handle it. But realistically, I can't do it because I don't have a sitter for two weeks long for me to go on a trip like that to watch Nicholas. It's only seven days. It is? You're there for like seven days maximum, and then you get to go home. Oh. Well, even (laughs) seven days. No, no, but even seven days. Who would watch my son for seven days? All right. Hmm. Maybe with a combination of like CJ... My mom, Chris, maybe I could juggle it, maybe. But if anybody wants to touch my boobies and vagina unwanted, <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't say what I want to do. <laughs> Jacqueline, thank you so much for appearing on the pod. Listen, I am so happy you did this. I know you're a busy woman and you have a lot going on with the kids and everything. I just want to say thank you so much. I love you. I adore you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag realitywiththeking. Reality with the King is a production of Kingdom Reign Entertainment. It is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks and executive produced by me, Carlos King. <laughs>